this is Woodside Church Youth. Yes, people, this is the Woodside Youth Podcast. We are now on episode five. And this week, we sat down with Debs to talk about true discipleship. Yeah, we this is a quick stop tour of what you're going to be listening to. We talked about how Jesus was intentional in his in, in approaching people and making his own choosing his own disciples, and how we can also show intentionality and how that is a good thing to do. We talked about how we can cultivate power in making disciples and how we can get the boldness that the Holy Spirit will give us and see fruit from that. And we also talked about how we can look to God and make the daily decisions to follow God when even when it's painful and costly. So you're going to hear all that from us in about five seconds. See you very soon. Do, do, do. do. Okay, and welcome everyone to the Woodside Youth Podcast. We are on episode five and we're talking to Debs about her preach on true discipleship. And it was great. But as always, we're going to start with a Woodrow from Kevin. So what have we got this week? All right, so this week uh, we have got would you rather um, be in a small room trapped with 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes oh. or would you rather eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? Oh. 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes or eat 10? Yeah. Are they alive? Let's say, well, the ones in the room are alive, yeah, but the ones you're yeah, eating... Yeah, but the ones you're eating, can you eat live tarantulas? Well, surely you can kill them before you eat them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, that is very clever thinking. Oh, but you've got to think, there's got to be a pop when you go into the main body, isn't it? A pop of all the uh, organs and stuff, which would just be disgusting. Let's say you had access to like a fire and you could fry a tarantula. Or just fry the tarantulas. Oh. Yeah. I would definitely, but, but, definitely eat the tarantulas. What, 100%, yeah? Like, no doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. 100% eat the tarantulas. I'm, yeah, one, yeah. I'm not I'm sitting in a room with 10,000 tarantulas on my body. As soon as you said a really small room, I was that was already decided for me. I do not like small spaces. Yeah, right. Oh well, that's true. But ten thousand is such an abstract number. I can't even imagine what it is. Like exactly, that's how like, big it is. Transfer is only the size of like a two pound coin, right? No, like the size of your phone. Yeah, the size of my phone. Yeah, or your hand. Yeah. Oh my word! Two pound coin. That's a. I see them regularly on my bedroom window. What? <laughs> Oh man, I don't know though. I just I I don't even like potatoes. How, at this point, how am I going to eat tarantulas? This is a disaster. No, you could fry it up, add a bit of salt and a bit of seasoning. Spices. Season it, yeah, yeah. If you think you could do ten minutes in that room, then you should do that. I mean, <laughs> if you can provide ten thousand tarantulas, Debs, I will go into the room. <laughs> so the room is the tarantulas are the issue for you, or is it the room? Debs is the room. I mean, the tarantulas wouldn't be the nicest thing in the world. I'd rather be in a room of 10,000 tarantulas than one bird. I'd rather be in a small room of 10,000 tarantulas one than bird. one bird. What's, yeah, what's yeah. a bird going to do? Because birds are scary, whereas tarantulas, you could just stand on them. You could do the same thing like last week and just no. stamp on them loads. you got the same problem as last week. There's too many of them. People oh, aren't understanding yeah. multiples of 10 and how big it gets. <laughs> 10,000 is a lot. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should eat them. I'm not sure how you could fit 10,000 tarantulas in a tiny room. 
Depends how tiny Very the tiny room is, Kevin. This is a flawed question. No, it's not. Come back stronger than that. The room can't be Kevin. that small if you've got 10,000 tarantulas in there. It's feeling pretty small when you've got 10,000 tarantulas in there. That's true. It would probably come up to your neck, Kevin. I'm not that sure. I don't know why you've started this new thing where last week you said I was small and now this week you're calling me short. But I'm not liking oh, wow. the direction you are taking. Well, Maybe it's because all your questions are like based on things being small or big. Yeah, the I don't, is, we have I don't have some kind of small complex. You, That's not what's going on here. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with the way I am, thank you very much. I reckon you're only like the height of like five tarantulas well, that's just, on top that's of each other as well. is it? Five tarantulas. You thought they were the size of a two-pound coin. Well, not too much debate compared to last week, but let us know what you think you would say. We've all come to agreement that we'd rather eat ten tarantulas. So, as always as well, the next segment is when the, our guest sums up the preach in one minute. So, Debs preached on True Discipleship, which was in our Look to Jesus series. So, Debs, you want to sum that up for us quickly? Okay, so basically, this preach was about Jesus calling the first disciples, um, and he was calling them to follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. That's what he said to them. Um, so, basically, this preach, the emphasis of it was that... Um, God is calling us um, to respond to that call to follow him. Um, and that includes a personal decision to follow him, not just um, for a bit, but for a lifetime on a daily basis. But also that includes um, sharing the good news with other people. That's part of what it means to follow him. Great. It was a good preach. It was good. It was, uh, I really like the way you um, split into uh, the look up, look in and look out um, any of the youth listen, that is a really good Bible study tool to use whatever passage you're looking up out really simple to apply to whatever you're whatever you're reading. So that was good. So in your preach, Debs, you talked about how God initiates, how Jesus went out to meet and find the disciples and um, how he in- initiates and invites all, basically. But um, something that we've been talking about in the podcast recently was how there's power in gentleness. So what would you say are like practical ways? to do this in a gentle way? I mean, if you sort of look at at Jesus' um, example, if you carry on reading the story after the bit that I read that call, you can see that he he carries on doing that all the time. So he's basically spent all of his time going around befriending people. He's like looking for people who are on the outside in particular. Um, He talks Mm -hmm. to anybody who comes to him. Um, so I think that's one thing, you know, he's open, anybody who comes, <clears throat> who's been watching what he's up to um, and comes and, and starts asking questions, he's got, he gives them time. He's just got time yeah. for them. So I think that's really key um, in the way that we use our time. Like, are we willing to give people time, even if it's not like beneficial to us, but you know that it's mm. beneficial to them. Um, sometimes you get, an, you know, somebody gets in touch to hang out or whatever and you think I'd rather be doing something else (laughs) absolutely I get with Kevin all the time (laughs) but actually there's a sort of sacrifice in that as well of saying actually yeah I do want to give you my time because that's reflective of the way that God would treat you and the way that God would um would invite you in that sense be inclusive um so I think there's there's that but then at the same time he sort of especially went out looking for people and, you know, there's so much power in just befriending and just, like you say, that's just that, like, gentle, kind word to somebody who, you know, probably doesn't get that very much, doesn't maybe get a lot of that from home, doesn't maybe get a lot of that mm. from friendships or from school or wherever, whatever environments they're in. 
um, and there's so much power in just um, just speaking to people in a open way in a kind way part of that yeah, is sharing yeah. your own parts of your own life as well you know sharing yeah. some vulnerability from your own life that often unlocks people's hearts or sort of softens them to to talk to you and then you can you you then have a sort of place to share a bit more about what God's done in your life and that sort of thing I like how um, a lot of what you spoke about in the preach and what you've just said there is about almost intentionality that like making disciples doesn't happen by accident but it's either you intentionally choosing to spend time or intentionally choosing to be vulnerable to unlock that door I think if we're talking about like just practical things that we can put in place just it doesn't happen by accident but you have to be intentional with the people you pick to to speak to and stuff like that so I'd say that you know it's not just something that happens but we have mm. to actually put effort in as well. Yeah, and also like to just be sensitive to God speaking to you about people. You know, like you meet a lot of people um, in normal life, and yeah. and sometimes you meet somebody and you just sort of they're on your mind a lot, and you sort of you can you can feel God speaking to you about them, and um, and so to in that sense, Jesus didn't actually you know he didn't couldn't give all of his time to everybody all the time same with us yeah. so you know you there is that intentionality of sort of having those eyes looking out and saying god give me compassion for people you know point people out to me that i need to be investing in and spending time with um yeah. and that can be like in the church as well like you know mentoring that sort of thing but also Absolutely. in terms of people yeah. who don't yet know jesus or just need um need that relationship mm. Do you reckon um, you're more successful in this if you're extroverted than introverted? Ooh. Because, like, it, it almost sounds like you need to be the guy who's out there talking to everyone or, like, bubbly and just putting yourself out there. But is that is that a thing? I think these days with, like, the amount of um, different ways that you can be in touch with people that doesn't necessarily mean that you're having like full on long chats with them and going out and yeah, doing yeah. stuff with them all the time. It can, it can even just yeah. be just keeping in touch reg regularly. I think when we talk about, when we're thinking about kind of like going out and making disciples, I think in a sense, the perceived vision of that is that it's us going out on the street and speaking to strangers. And I think in that sense, being extra that helps, but what Jesus like models so well is that a lot of his making disciples and bringing people to know him is based on relationship. Yeah. And whether you're extroverted or introverted, we all can have relationships with people and it's more about building that than ability to speak to a random stranger, I think. So mm. it's not like disqualifying yourself. I think sometimes your actions can follow on more than your words as well. I always thought of it as coming under a, um, like from a plane of servitude, looking to see who you can serve. And those around mm. you and those you don't know as well, like just anyone in church that you see. It's a bit odd now, but... Um, yeah, I'd always just think of it as serving those around me. Yeah, because at the core, basically, just making disciples and discipleship is about showing them Jesus and introducing them to Jesus. And if your actions are representing what Jesus, a little bit of what Jesus has for them, a little bit of the love that he has, actions are just as powerful as mm. an extrovert's words. Yeah. Uh, so, there's, so there's so many different ways, isn't there? I mean, I do think that, um, having said that, I think it is key that people know that you're a Christian and that you follow Jesus and yeah. otherwise they can't make that connection between what you're you know what you're doing how you're serving them how you're how you're showing love to them that doesn't mean you need mm -hmm. to be constantly talking about it but if they know that um that that's something important in your life then they can 
you know, they can start to make those connections at when they start to think, oh, why are they being like this? Why are they, you know, why are they sticking with me when yeah. everyone else seems to have just abandoned me or whatever it is? Mm. Um, and and it means that again, they you're there then ready for them to ask you when when mm, the time yeah. comes or when you know when the rubber hits the road and they need some help, they might come to you because they like you say they've been they've been watching you, you've been serving them, but they do need to know that that's a work of jesus in your life yeah yeah at school that's a bit of a scary thing but i like that we don't need to be shouting i'm a christian from the rooftops every single day as we go into school but like people will notice your patterns that you go to church on sunday and like it doesn't have to be like brutally just selling people and almost being overbearing but just yeah i think it's important to make it clear but it doesn't have to be shouting at their faces i guess Yeah. yeah it's good especially then if you go through something difficult people will be watching you how you react to that and how you respond to that and yeah. you know whatever whether that's something quite small or something big they you know it really is noticeable how um how you respond how stressed you get about things how you know all of that sort of thing I remember that's one of the things people mm. have most said to me when I was working in school like teaching is quite a stressful job and pe- most people around me are quite stressed most of the time and would and yeah. would actually ask me like um, you never seem to get too stressed about anything, and I, I didn't. Mm. I don't think I really made the most of the opportunity at that time. Probably to say, um, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, well, it's, yeah, try to figure out. But maybe that's part of it is figuring out some some of your answers to those sorts of yeah. things beforehand, so that you're a little bit ready, mm. um, you know, to to actually answer when people do come and ask you. Because otherwise, you can be a bit stumped and be like, oh yeah, I don't know, I'm just not really stressed. Yeah, and what I would encourage you guys at home that are listening is if you go to school and stuff is that actually that can seem very scary but from my experience when you're just open about kind of like what you believe in or even what is keeping you peaceful you they just give you a lot of respect respect for that I actually have quite a few different stories and experiences from school but one of them is that um, like in my year 13 A levels like my friends got to the point where they were so comfortable with me being Christian being honest about kind of what I believe in, how peaceful I am, that we all used to pray together before we went into exams and they did not come to church or anything like that. Yeah. But And so it was good. very scary to start that step of showing them that I'm a Christian or I believe in something a bit different. And you know also, like, they're the things that people will remember, like, yeah. years down the road. You know, like, they'll mm. remember that they had a friend who was who wasn't too stressed about exams and prayed with them. Absolutely. And like you say, even though at the time it feels massive, actually most people have a sort of vague understanding of that sort of thing and mm. um, probably think a lot on as sort of shocked or don't think it's as weird as as um, in fact if anything they uh, they may envy you that you are able to do that how did you get to the point where before an exam you were like all right lads calm down let's put our hands together i think it was like because i never massively had i never had any like massive like massive com- conversations about uh Jesus or the Bible or like how how like reliable it is but I think it is those small patterns they they knew I went to church on a Sunday and they knew like I I mean an example for a lot of you at home because you're very musical is they might know that you're part of a worship band or very into like doing songs and stuff that wasn't me unfortunately as much as I would love that to be me mine was more oh they know I it had just happened in my school that because my school was so close to church I knew a lot of the year sevens and eights that I walking around because I did powerhouse at church mm. Yeah. And they're like, why do you know those kind of people? Uh, like, I was, I was just, I hang out with them at church. And even, like, they saw my pictures on social media of me going to New Day. And, like, it's just those little things. And then, but I I genuinely think, like, 
God, God gave us all peace going to those exams, even though I was the only one that would say I'm openly a Christian. Like God moved in that in that time. So I don't think it's not a massive thing. I never had that massive conversation. And also, I think one thing I would say about talking about God in school is it's totally okay to say I don't know the answer to that question. Um, a lot of the times I said I'll try and come back with your answer, and I asked I asked Luke or whoever was doing the youth at the time like how to answer that question. But it's yeah, it's totally it's. That can be easy and gentle and simple. And it, and the other thing is, I don't know if you're going to go on to this, but um, one of the one of my other points in the preacher was about Jesus empowering you to do that um, mm. and to go out and share. And you know, He doesn't sort of just leave you to it. Um, and I think that's the other massive thing is that you can definitely tell the times where you've. Um, and I think it's just such a good habit on a daily basis to just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Um, and give you boldness and give you uh, you know that kind of um fire in your heart that means that your desire for people to get to know Jesus is bigger than your desire for your reputation or whatever it is mm. um you know and i think that makes such a big difference you know like at pentecost you think jesus um jesus had gone the disciples were like just totally dejected and they sort of were terrified they didn't know what to do next and then the holy spirit came and gave them and filled them with fire and yeah. boldness and um, empowered them with everything that they needed um mm. and in that same like talking about continuously following jesus and continuously sharing the good news it's also about being continually filled with the holy spirit i mean i think like with your story there ollie a massive part of that is that that was your existing friendship group and no doubt they had a lot of respect for you already because of that yeah. you know again, again like Jesus he built he just built relationships with people he just loved them for who they were he just mm. um, didn't really care what other people's opinion of them was and and then that meant that he came and started that they came and started asking him questions and that they came and they were interested in what it what was different about him to all the yeah. other teachers that were around and whatever and that's the same you know for us, like mm. like you say, they were your friends, they were your mates, they knew that you were part, part of a church, they knew that that was part of your life. So then it's actually not that weird then for you to sort of, to say something like that, let's pray together. I mean, it is pretty yeah. weird. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's strange. And like, if you had told me in like year 11, this is what you'll be doing with your same group of friends, I would have thought, no chance. Like the fact that they'd actually be like, oh, shall we pray before we go in? Or like... But it just it just happened like that. But I would say, like, they were my friends from year nine. So that was after they'd known me and we'd invested and hung out for four years. I would also say, like, just to kind of... I don't want to come across as this kind of, like, superior person that did all this stuff in school. Like, it was scary. And I absolutely, absolutely cared what their opinion of me was. But I think one thing I really remember is that I cared what their opinion was, but I knew that God's opinion of me was greater. Mm. And, like, I never stepped out and said shall we pray they fortunately they came to me first but if I did say can we shall we pray before they go in and they said no like we said last week obedience is success it doesn't matter if they say yes or no but you followed the call to to make disciples and whether that's even trying to encourage someone they don't accept the encouragement it doesn't matter because you've been obedient in representing Jesus to them one thing I was quite interested about is when you say like just a very quick question when you say we pray for boldness is that can that very simply just be a very quick prayer in the morning or do what does that actually look like like asking god for boldness for you i mean from i think it's just all about your heart isn't it like god knows that you're what 
it doesn't really matter what the words of your prayers are, I think. Mm. God knows yeah. that if you're just saying, Lord, fill me, give me your Holy Spirit, give me boldness, help me. I think yeah. that's just always a good place to be because partly because it means you're not relying on yourself, you're not relying on your own ability to uh, like articulate yourself well or anything like that. Um, but also mm. it's just, it, yeah, it's just saying, look, I, I know that I need you and putting the emphasis back on, the responsibility back on God actually because it's not our... It's our responsibility to share, but it's not, we don't save people. We don't, you know, yeah, we don't yeah. make people Christians or whatever. Mm. It's it's their responsibility to respond to God's call and it's God's responsibility to call them. But it's, it is our part of our, you know, our following Jesus to, to sort of, um, to actually bring that message to them in, in real mm. life. So in your preach, when we look, when you're looking at the look in part of the section of the preach, you talked about how the cost and that often following God um, is difficult. We talk, you talked about how you have to, we have to pick up our cross um, and how that's part of the Christian life and discipleship. But how do we practically make those daily decisions to follow God when it just feels like everything's going wrong or we're really anxious and all that kind of stuff? What practical advice do we all have? Um, I think the big thing I find is just constantly choosing to like re kind of remind yourself who God is, remind yourself who you are and God remind yourself of the yeah. bigger picture of things. Um, and, and the easiest way to do that is to is I think reading the Bible. So particularly reading the Psalms, the Psalms is just so good for like, just um, putting things in perspective. Cause it's just so much of, of King David being like, I am in an absolutely terrible situation. Yeah, Things yeah. are awful. People hate me. Like, you know, I'm literally about to get killed in a war, like much mm. worse actually situations that we're in. But he, his like constant model and example is that he says, but you, God, you're higher than the heavens. You created me. You love me. You know me. You've, you're the beginning and the end. You can see the whole of time. You know, he it's that constantly just like resetting your perspective all the time. And I yeah. think it, that's the thing I find the most helpful. If I get bogged down in things or kind of worried about about something, then I I try to just reset my perspective. I like to use the analogy of like a radio where if it's not tuned on the right wavelength, it goes really fuzzy, almost like it's a white noise and you can't really get any headspace. But it's almost like when you know, life can feel like very being realistic. Life can feel like that, but it's about retuning our own radio into God's wavelength, God's perspective, mm. and then you and that's like reading the Bible, having your go-to Bible verses, or having those few worship songs where you could you could know the lines and just read it off. And even if you don't realize that's in the Bible, the likelihood is, is that it's really good, healthy truth mm. yeah. to fill ourselves with. Talk about go-to Bible verses. What would be what what would what are your guys like go-to Bible verses? I have asked you off the cusp. So I'm going to go first and then you guys give you guys a bit of thinking time. My like go-to Bible verse, I mean, through uh, lockdown um, or any time really is Deuteronomy 31.6. I hope I haven't stolen anyone else's. And, and it's uh, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail or abandon you. And I think it's, I find it so helpful to for when I'm feeling like it's really tough or really costly find it helpful that I know that God's been exactly where I am now, but also that we're, whatever tomorrow is or the day after, that God's also been there. And that's a reason why we, sh why we shouldn't be afraid or should not panic. I find that's a really helpful go-to Bible verse for me. 
Um, one one for me that I found helpful, f- um, just in, for a long time really in, in difficult times is in Corinthians two Corinthians twelve verse nine. I've just found it online. It says, um, "But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so it's just that like, um, it's again, sort of similar to what you're saying, like that actually weakness is fine. Like weakness is actually mm. good, a good thing because God, that shows God's strength all the more. And so if I'm feeling weak, he's strong and that that's that's a good thing. And that actually also um i'll but he even says i'll boast all the more about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me so it actually means that you yeah. you know the more that you rely on jesus the more that you sort of are able to admit that you're weak in whatever situation it is that that mm. actually magnifies jesus glory and that he he gives you his power he you know he then yeah. is sufficient for my grace is sufficient for you that just always helps me because i just think right that's that's all i need so yeah, it's a good one for me. Good. Um, for me, because I'm so holy, I've actually got a whole chapter and not just a verse. Wow. That's just that's just the way I do things. But you know, you do <laughs> you do you. But um, I really like Psalms 139. Um, there's loads of bits in there. I like um, I like the verse where it says, "You go before me and follow me. You place your blessing on my head." I like it when it says, um, "Um, oh, it's in the different translation." But you know where it says, "Like you made me in my mother's wombs." Like. Mm that one um how precious are your thoughts about me oh god they can't be numbered and then the one i really like is right at the end where it says search me oh god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts i don't know why but i find that quite reassuring to ask god to tell me what i'm feeling and tell me what to do with what i'm feeling like asking the holy spirit to reveal what is going on inside my head and just giving it over to god with that Mm, chapter that's good I think giving it over to God is really key in terms of we've talked about intentionality earlier, but in terms of processing your emotions, it's like, um, I think it says, come to me all who are weary. It's about going to God with our emotions. Yeah. And, you know, in the Psalms, it's in, they're incredible just examples of us, of them being totally realistic about how they're feeling and taking them to God. But then also what's so powerful is loads of the times in the Bible you see, but your will be done or like the yeah. ending it, like focusing on God, um, but also that important process of letting God know. And I think um, in my one, and in Deb's one a little bit, it's about taking comfort in knowing the bigger perspective, like God's bird's eye view. He'll see our struggles, but he also knows the wider things that are coming for us. Mm. And gaining that perspective is so good um, as well. Yeah. Can I just say one more, actually? Go um, for it. You know, it. It's kind of relevant to what we're talking about, um, kind of choosing to... Um, to carry your cross or to you know the, mm-hmm. the sort of cost thing um, one that God's spoken to me about so much during the lockdown that I don't really remember ever reading before but it's really come to life for me is Psalm 54 and it basically David's talking about how people are going about doing all sort of like te- sort of almost taking pleasure in doing doing wrong and like people are everyone around him is like doing what what they want and yeah. um, and whatever but he basically he then says, but but um, and it's sort of that like, but as for me, like that's you know that's what everyone else is doing. He says, but I mm-hmm. am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God, 
Um, and so it's, and it says, um, and then he goes on to say, I'll trust in his unfailing love forever and I'll hope mm-hmm. in his name because his name is always good. And so it's that sort of like decision, like whatever else other people think, whatever else is going on, whatever, however everyone else is dealing with whatever it is. As for me, I'm I'm going to plant myself in the house of God. You know, I'm going to choose to be to be here. I make my decision to plant myself here, but then He will cause me to flourish because of that. And you know, and then yeah, it's yeah. again saying like because I trust I trust in Him. I trust His in His love. I trust in His goodness. I'll hope in my hope is in His name because His name is good. And so it's that sort of decision, like acknowledging that maybe everything's not you know how how you'd want it to be. Mm. but you're making a choice to plant yourself in the house of god rather than somewhere else yeah. yeah so as we do every week um we're ending the podcast with our golden nuggets of practicality so um go on ollie what's your golden nugget of practicality my my golden nugget of practicality is very simply to ask god for boldness and ask him to empower you to follow him through through the good times through the bad times and in spreading his word just praying every every morning Holy Spirit, I pray you help me to be bold today. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so mine would be to use Debs's look up, look out and look in thing. I think I'm going to give that a go this week and see how God talks to me through um, reading scripture using that. Great. Um, and I'm just going to end by giving you a bit of a, a bit of homework, a bit of a challenge to do, um, which is to sort of use this opportunity to take stock of the various sort of aspects of your life. So whether that's um education whether that's um, the relationships that you've got the way that you interact with your family um whether you've got a job or you're looking for a job like any all the different sort of aspects of your life to just have a little mm. bit of a reflection of and ask god as well like am i following jesus in this area of my life there you go guys i hope you have enjoyed this episode uh Debs, th- thanks for coming Thank on you so much Debs. you've done great you're welcome yeah. i very much enjoyed it that's great. Good. Uh, and guys, we will see you next week with the special guest of Natty DeMello next week. So you can look forward to that. And we'll see you soon. See you next week, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com or follow us on social media.